Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but we want to give a shout out to our podcast partners. Vital Signs Wall of Fame is a uh, great partner. Also, we coach in the global community of women in high school sports, along with the Florida Coaches Coalition. These are four great organizations. You should really add them to your network. And now don't hit that fast forward button. Stay with us for the next four minutes so we give our sponsors their shout out. Uh, these are all organizations, companies, uh, platforms that I've used as an AD or as a coach. You should use them too. Here we go. We want to say thanks to Home Campus for their sponsorship. Home Campus, Home Campus is the exclusive high school and state association information management platform for the podcast. Home Campus is also your one-stop platform for scheduling student-athlete eligibility and clearance, connecting with state associations, and so much more. As an athletic director, I used home campus every day, and it was just terrific. Our coaches also loved it, and our parents loved it, and the home campus team was simply outstanding to work with. Go to home-campus.com to get signed up and find out more information. That's home-campus.com. We also want to thank Gipper. Gipper's the official social media graphic solution for the Educational AD Podcast. And if you go to Gipper.com, you're going to see how athletic directors and coaches are creating world-class content for their school social media channel. Mention the podcast and you'll get a nice discount. That's Gipper.com. We also want to say thanks to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, their mission is to bring your school's legacy to life. Their interactive touchscreen consoles are a great way to showcase your school's diversity, your proudest moments, and your top role models. Okay, it's also a great way to display your school records and your Hall of Fame. So go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. And when you're ready to buy, use the link vitalsignswalloffame.com slash Jake, and you'll get a nice discount. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing. Go to hometownticketing.com, and they're going to show you how to set up and sell your tickets online, how to scan the attendees that come to your games and collect your revenue. And every step of the way, you're going to have a dedicated client success manager that's providing hands-on support. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com right now and get started. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. We also want to say thanks to Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com. Check out their entire suite of platforms, including SnapRaise, their fundraising platform. We used it at our school with tremendous success. They even have a program where you can get your funding before you actually start your fundraiser. I don't think anybody else offers that. Go to snapraise.com for more information. That's snapraise.com. We also want to thank Huddle. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a Huddle school, and our coaches just love the tools that Huddle provides to help our athletes perform at their highest level. At Huddle, we believe in sports, and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 6 million users. Turn your school into a Huddle school. We also want to say thanks to District 1, that's W-O-N. Go to district1.com, and you're going to be very uh, surprised to find that they offer fully custom premium uniforms 
with on-time delivery in 20 business days or less. You can also order one-at-a-time replacements, so you'll never have to order a full set of uniforms again when you just need one or two. Stop dealing with late deliveries and go to District 1, that's W-O-N, and you're going to feel like you've won. Click the Team Gear button for your free quote. That's district1.com. We want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com, schedule a live web demo, and see their tables and their boards in action. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made was our Sideline Interactive indoor score table. They not only generate income for your department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student-athletes. That's sidelineinteractive.com. Check them out today. And we want to thank Athletic Surveys for sponsoring the Athletic Director Toolbox segment. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program. Athletic Directors usually only hear back from the complainers, the 2% that want to gripe. Athletic Surveys not only connects you with the 2%, but also the 98% that love and support your program by creating a custom survey, which allows you to take the pulse of your parents and your student-athletes. So go to athleticsurveys.com. See all the things that they can do for you. That's athleticsurveys.com. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Uh, we got a two-for-one today. Uh, we're going to the great state of Maine. And we're going to be visiting with Susan Robbins and John Solomon. Susan is a certified master athletic administrator. She's the director of athletics at Gloucester High School. Uh, and John is a registered athletic administrator. And he's the athletic director at Holton High School. And again, those are both in Maine. So uh, Susan and John, welcome to the Educational AD Podcast. Thanks for having us. Great to be here. Well, we've had this one on the books for a while, and uh, we're excited to hear what's going on in uh, your state. Um, Susan, why don't you go ahead and start out uh, for us? We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So give us that uh, origin story, where you were born, where you grew up. Uh, maybe take us up through your college years, and uh, then we'll give John a chance to share his story. So, uh, Susan, um, you know, what's your, uh, like I said, origin story? All right. Sounds great. Uh, well, I was brought up in the uh, great town of Searsmont, Maine, which is uh, coastal Maine. Um, and I worked for our family lumber mill um, at an early age of 12. Um, I had to actually hide when OSHA came. So um, uh, certainly that started my work ethic uh, because you certainly have to have a strong work ethic in order to be an athletic director. Um, in high school, I played field hockey, basketball and softball. Uh, and then I went on to study um, physical education at Springfield College in Massachusetts, where I played field hockey and softball collegiately. Um, I actually ended up staying an extra year at Springfield so that I could get my master's degree in education with a concentration in athletic administration. So that's my brief bio. Okay. Well, uh, Springfield certainly uh, very well known for its uh, physical education uh, uh, program. Uh, I'm a little bit older than you. Actually, I'm a lot older than you. Uh, and it seems like the traditional, uh, let's say, PE and health major, which I took back in the late 70s, uh, doesn't exist anymore in a lot of places. Um, you know, can you uh, 
what was your undergraduate program like there at Springfield uh, as far as, you know, curriculum and, you know, pedagogical classes, things like that? Oh, Springfield was fantastic. And they always say that, you know, after you graduate from there, the name opens the door and then you have to do the rest. And I certainly agree. Um, I mean, we certainly right from the very start, um, you take a class on how to teach basically every sport, which was interesting, even wrestling. And I have a new appreciation for wrestling when I took that class, because it's probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, but certainly the the classes there were very intense. Um, but uh, Springfield's known their whole mission is spirit, mind, and body. So uh, that education really has carried me through um, not only uh, obviously the physical components of being a athletic director, coach, what so be it, but certainly the mental aspect. And, and over the last couple of years, that has certainly um, proven to be beneficial uh, throughout the COVID uh, pandemic for sure. Oh, absolutely. Those foundational classes um, allow you as a coach of coaches to, you know, you know, maybe help that struggling coach, that young coach, or even a veteran coach, uh, you know, try to, you know, raise their game a little bit. Thanks so much for sharing that. John, uh, it's your turn. Uh, what is, uh, what's the John Solomon story? Well, I grew up in Dorchester, Massachusetts, right in the city of Boston. And I went to school in the suburbs of a town called Arlington through a program called Metco. So, you know, listen to Susan's story about sort of the work ethic. You know, I was from third grade on, I was getting up at five o'clock in the morning, getting on public transportation from seventh grade to when I graduated high school at six to be at school for eight o'clock in the morning. Um, in high school, you know, I played football, did basketball, I did outdoor track. And then from there, I got a scholarship to play football at the University of Maine, where I majored in communications. I didn't think coaching and teaching was going to be in my future. But, you know, things change as you your path goes down the road of life. Well, um, one of my very good uh, friends in college, while I was a PE health major, he was in communication uh, and, you know, he's got a very successful business now in, in, uh, you know, sports production. What are some things from your communication undergrad days that have stayed with you, let's say in your toolbox now as an athletic director, anything stick out? Well, when you talk about communication, that's a lot of what you do as an athletic director. So um, being able to put things together for my coaches and for our community members as well, too, to help keep the smooth transition of the events that are coming or some, uh, you know, when we have our bigger games or bigger nights that are going. So everybody's sort of on the same page and knowing what's to do or what's expected of them. Okay. Very cool. Um, any um, events, um, you know, where, you know, you can look back at uh, say a course you took or, or something uh, that uh, an event you've dealt with as an AD where, you know, it goes back to that undergraduate training, anything stick out? I know I'm putting you on the spot here. Well, I would say public speaking, <laughs> you know, when we have to have that first time you have to have like a parent meeting and you're meeting with the entire town and the parents and stuff like that and the nerves that are going in there. So you have to sort of rely on some of the stuff that you learn in your public speaking courses as well too. And, when you're getting in front of the student body or in front of parents as well and the community in oh, general. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, when you mentioned that, I, I hearkened back to my, uh, I think it was my sophomore year in college. We had that, uh, you know, uh, public speaking class. Very cool stuff. For our listeners, uh, our guests today, uh, again, I said guests, Susan Robbins. She's a certified master athletic administrator. She's the athletic director at Gloucester high school and John Solomon, a registered athletic administrator. He's the AD 
at Holton High School. Both of those are in Maine. We're going to take our first break, but we will be back with some more. So please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Home Campus for their support of the podcast. Home Campus is the exclusive high school and state association information management platform for the Educational AD Podcast. Home Campus is also your one-stop platform for scheduling, for student-athlete eligibility and clearance, and state association connections. As an athletic director, I used Home Campus every single day, and it was just fantastic. And the Home Campus team was great to work with as well. To find out more, go to home-campus.com. That's home-campus.com. Find out all the things that they can do for you and your program. We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Gipper's the official social media graphic solution for the Educational AD Podcast. And if you go to gipper.com, you're going to find out how athletic directors are creating world-class content for their school social media channel. Kids are on social media today. And if you're not creating some interesting graphics for your athletes, for your teams, for your coaches, even your program, you're really missing out. Go to gipper.com. Mention you heard it on the podcast and you'll get a nice discount. That's gipper.com. Hey, welcome back everyone to the Educational AD Podcast. Uh, we're visiting today with two athletic directors from Maine, Susan Robbins and John Solomon. John, uh, let's have you go first. Uh, you kind of shared uh, your uh, growing up experience uh, in college days. Share with our listeners uh, that your early career stops and how that's led to your present position at Holton as the athletic director. Well, you know, um, when I got out of school at Maine, I started the family young and I went and working in banking for uh, MBA or Bank of America here in the state of Maine. And in our town, one day I just happened to go by a football practice and I had a buddy who was coaching on the high, local high school team. And I had sort of asked about helping out. And uh, the head coach at the time, once he realized what my background was, he scooped me right up and put me on the staff. So I was there for a couple of years. And one evening he gave me a call and said, hey, you know, the superintendent said, we're looking for a middle school athletic director. And he thought you'd be a perfect fit for it. What do you think about it? So that's sort of how I started my venture into the world of uh, education with being a middle school athletic director down in Bucksport, Maine for about four years. And then after a while, I worked my way in as far as an ed tech, uh, with some states refer to it as a teacher's aide. And then from there, um, through my line of coaching, I ended up in Holton, Maine seven years ago, um, most recently being the head football coach here as well, too, and working still working in the special education field before becoming the athletic director here about two and a half years ago. Well, I got my start uh, at the middle school level as well. And uh, for people who have not had a chance to work with that particular uh, population group, uh, let, let's say they are unique. Um, what are some experiences from those middle school AD days that are still with you today? Um, you know, when you're dealing with middle school kids, uh, students, and especially their parents, it's such a transition because the parents are so used to doing everything for their middle school kids and the middle school kids are starting to learn how to become a little bit more independent. So, you know, going into like a high school AD and here at Holton, I'm in middle school and high school AD. So I still have to wear both hats is the transition of 
you sort of have to give a lot more information on the middle school side to get it out to both parents and students. Where at the high school level, a lot of times the high school kids are okay with getting some information out to their parents. They don't, the parents don't really have to lean so much on getting information from the AD because there's such an open line of communication between our coaches and our athletic department. But at the middle school level, is always making sure we have everybody that's included in that process there. Yeah, communication is such a, a valuable tool, uh, pays great dividends. That's why it's so frequently mentioned in our uh, toolbox collection. Susan, how about you? Um, did Springfield uh, open some doors for you? Uh, you know, what's your career, uh, you know, what's been your career path so far? Yeah, absolutely. So in my grad year, I actually um, coached field hockey at a local private school called the McDuffie School in Springfield, Massachusetts. So um and fortunately for me, um, the headmaster's daughter was on my team, so I made a good impression that way. And it ended up that um, the athletic director at that school went back to Springfield to get his master's. So that job ended up opening up. And um, after I graduated from college, I jumped right into that role there. And um, as you know, in private school, uh, you wear many hats. Uh, I lived on campus for free, but uh, still did the... Um, the international study halls at night. Um, I coach field hockey and softball there in addition to teaching PE health uh, in the athletic director as well. So um, that was my first start at age 23. Um, and uh, after a few years there, I really wanted to move back to my home state of Maine and um, got a job at uh, Poland Regional High School, which is a, um, a high school just down the road um, in uh, Androscoggin County here in Maine. Um, and I stayed there for five years. And uh, then I really wanted to get back to the Portland area uh, where my, because I started having my, one of my three children um, and wanted to put them in a, in a place where they had a great educational system. So I worked at Yarmouth High School for 14 years. Um, and then an opportunity came up to be here at uh, Greater Gloucester, and um, they had a hard time filling this role for a while. And I said, well, why not me? Um, somebody should stick at a school, and so far, so good. Uh, this uh, next year will be my fifth year here, um, and it's been a really great community experience for me here. Um, it's the, the people here are kind of my people. What, um, what are some of the differences that... Uh you've experienced at the various stops that you've had as an athletic director. Um, you know, my AD career, I was at three different schools over a 25 year period. And, uh, you know, they were all great, but uh, they each had uh, some unique aspects. What are some things uh, about uh, the schools you've been at stick out for you? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a difference between private school and um, public school. So my private school experience was, you know, you do anything and everything that they ask. Um, I think my starting pay was $18,000 a year back then, uh, which I laugh at now. So um, you wonder how you make ends meet. So, um, but certainly um, being on campus and being involved um, in every aspect of the education, I appreciated. Um, when I moved back to Maine, um, the school that I was at was more of a rural school, which I'm from more of a rural area here in Maine. Um, so there is a definitely different core values in each school. Um, that school in particular was called Poland Regional. So there were five different schools, five different towns that fed into that school, which is also very interesting because each town, what I've learned over the years, has their own personality. So having five towns 
lead into one high school um, was very challenging at times um, to get everybody on the same page. Um, and then I moved to Yarmouth High School, which was basically one town, one school. Um, I stayed there for 14 years. Um, it is a very high socioeconomic um, class school. Uh, so there's a lot of opportunities for kids, um, but also a lot of entitlement, frankly. Um, and, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, those are just the experiences that I've had. Um, I would say now that I'm here at G&G, &G, um, there are two towns um, in the high school, but they have been blended together for many, many years. So um, they're very much on the same page. But again, you still have the gray um, community and the new Gloucester community. Um, but as I said, they've been combined for a long time. Whereas at Poland, um, that regional school was created and it was brand new when I, when I got there, it was maybe one or two years old. So, you know, the differences in each experience is very unique. Um, but I've certainly benefited and learned from all of those different experiences in those schools. Oh, absolutely. Again, to, uh, you know, coin a, an overused phrase by me, you're just adding those tools to your toolbox. Uh, I, I chuckle about, you know, your starting salary. I still remember vividly uh, 1981, my first job. Uh, I was teaching six out of seven class periods, middle school class periods, and I was coaching. They had four seasons. I was coaching all four seasons there. And my total paycheck it was like $9,600 for the year. And I thought I was a king. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I said, they're paying me to do this stuff. So uh, I guess it's all about perspective. Okay. Great stuff. Thanks for sharing both of you. Once again, for our listeners, uh, our guests today, John Solomon and Susan Robbins, couple of athletic directors from the great state of Maine. We're going to take another quick break, but we're coming back. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thanks to Vital Signs Wall of Fame. They've got a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school's record boards for all the teams, for all the sports, or your school's Hall of Fame, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Check out their great products. They're going to showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments, along with your school's top role models from academics athletics, and the arts. The website is vitalsignswalloffame.com. When you're ready to purchase, mention the podcast and you'll get a nice little discount. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. Bring your school's legacy to life. We also want to say thank you to Hometown Ticketing. Hometown is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. If you're not selling your tickets online, you're really missing out. Go to hometownticketing.com. They're going to show you how to sell your tickets online, how to scan the attendees that come to your games and collect your revenue. And every step of the way, you'll have a dedicated client success manager that's providing you hands-on support. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com right now. The leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Do I need to say anything more? Hometownticketing.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Uh, Susan and John, we have, um, uh, I, I think, a, a lot of younger, or let's say newer athletic directors that listen to the podcast. And I think it's important for them to hear about the journey that we all take. Uh, John, you mentioned that you're an RAA, so you know, you're know you kind of at the beginning of that NIAAA journey. 
Susan, like me, you've got your CMAA and, you know, serving on national committees. So, um, Susan, let's start with you first. Talk about how you first got involved uh, with your state association and then how that led to your NIAAA involvement. Absolutely. So um, early on in my career, it was when I once I moved back to Maine, it was clear to me that I wanted to be a part of our state association. Um, Jerry Durgan, who is now our executive director, has always been uh, my biggest mentor over my career. Um, he's a fantastic ex executive director and definitely encourages all of us to get involved. Um, and he actually ended up um, resigning from his position as um, leadership training coordinator. And um, I ended up taking over for him. And I was the main state le leadership training coordinator uh, for about 10 years, uh, which obviously you're involved very heavily at the national level with regard to that. Um, and that led to as you know, Jake, um, at that level, you just create a lot of relationships at that level with people um, and things you get make connections with people um, and generate and network ideas, um, it, which led to more. So um, I, in the end, um, was on the awards committee for about uh, 10 years, um, eight or 10. And I chaired that committee for about three years. And I, I just served with a, a lot of wonderful people. Um, and out of that, actually, um, it's funny, um, Bruce Whitehead came to our uh, main state association's uh, spring conference, and I went up to him and I said, you know what, Bruce, uh, we need a, a LTI on student leadership. And he's like, well, why don't you write it? So uh, anybody that knows Bruce knows that he is all about empowering others. So I said, well, why not me? Um, so I ended up uh, writing that course, LTI um, 726, with uh, Mike McGurk, who's um I believe past president of the National Association right now. So he and I um, had taught that, uh, wrote that course together in 2017. We recently revised it last year, which was great. Um, and also on my journey, I was fortunate enough to meet David Hoke, who, um, as you know, is a is a prolific writer uh, for NFHS News, among other things. So um, he invited me to be a part of the um, national staff for 710. A and B, which is our current issues course. Um, so uh, a few years ago, David actually passed the torch uh, to myself and Michael Kruger. Uh, so we are now the co-chairs of 710 A and B, which is our current issues courses, which um, I believe to be one of the most interesting courses that we have. And we're actually in the process of rewriting that right now. Um, I've got a great staff of um, instructional people who are very excited to write on topics that um, are really current and uh, pressing for us right now in our state. So um, that's kind of my journey at the national level. I'm very, um, I go to, I attend the national conference every year just because um, it's, it's important to me for my own pref professional development, but it's also important for me uh, to be able to bring back uh, to our great state of Maine and and educate people here to make our to make our athletic director um, association stronger because we're stronger together. As we all know, this is a tough job and we need each other uh, as much as anything else. So that collegiality really means a lot. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and again, uh, I, I think you and I uh, connected a couple of times at the uh, state coordinators uh, conference in. Um, Indianapolis. And then I know I took your course, uh, um, the, um, uh, the hot topics course. Um, was that last year or was it this year, uh, at, at the national conference? <laughs> I think it was and, the year before. Yeah. I think it was the year before. Yeah. And it was a great course. Okay. 
appreciate you sharing. Okay. Uh, if you're looking for a new topic, uh, I know somebody can talk about uh, why you should uh, have a podcast at your school for your athletic department. So, uh, <laughs> John, uh, let's go and hear about um, your uh, state and NIAAA journey. Uh, what's going on? You know, my I didn't even know about the my state or the NIAAA until I got into Holton. You know, as a middle school AD in Bucksport, you know, we're sort of separate. You have the high school and then you had the middle school. And so when I took over here in Holton, it was just something that was naturally being done that our former AD was part of the state association. So, you know, it was time to come up for our state conference. They were like, are you going this year? And I said, sure. So I signed up and I went and some of the past presidents that we had, um, Dave Otterback out of Brewer, him and I were ADs together because he handles both middle school and high school for his school district. And so when I was a middle school AD, we'd known each other from the past there. And then because of where we live, it's called the county because we're so far up north from everybody else. When we go downstate, it's usually uh, myself and two other ADs from Prescott, who Mark White was our past president for the MIAAA and Evan um, Graves. So those three are like sort of my mentors as I've gotten into the high school role as an AD. I've been able to pick their brains. And when we're having these long car rides um, down to the Bangor area, we get to talk a lot about the job and some of the pros and cons or some of the situations that they've been able, they've gone through in the past that have helped me in my first couple of years here in Holton as well too. And then just going to the state conferences the last two years, the context I've been able to make with some of my colleagues throughout the state, uh, getting to meet Jerry Durgan. Um, you talked with Gary Stevens and being able to now, if I have a question, shoot them an email or text or a quick phone call to help me out with certain situations that's going on here up north it has been great for a new AD like myself. And it was just very motivational for me to, after this being my second conference, to say, hey, let's make sure we take this last course so we can get our, my RAA and start working towards the other designations that the uh, national conference, or sorry, the NIAAA have to offer for us like eight days. Uh, again, it's great that you're starting that path and you're knocking those courses out of the way. Uh, let me go and ask you, uh, what was that first national conference uh, experience like? I haven't had an opportunity to go to a national conference yet. So that's one of the things that's on my list to do. I've been, as I said, to the last two state conferences for my first two years here. So looking to, if it's not this December, but the following December to get down to a national one. Well, it's going to have to be this uh, December because uh, Florida is hosting uh, the national conference this year. Good. All right. Okay. All right. You make it down. Uh, you know, we live about uh, 45 minutes from uh, Orlando. Uh, okay. You know, we'll, uh, we'll take you and a guest uh, and Susan, you too. Uh, you come up to our place. We'll take you out on a uh, pontoon boat ride on the lake, catch a sunset, uh, maybe have a beverage or two. Okay. Great. Okay. All right, for our listeners, uh, our guest today, Susan Robbins, Certified Master Athletic Administrator, and John Solomon, Registered Athletic Administrator, both from the state of Maine. We're going to take another quick break, but we're coming back with some more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Snap Mobile for their support. Go to snapraise.com. That's snapraise.com. Check out their platform uh, with all sorts of links to help you do your job better. 
there's Snap Connect, Snap Manage, Snap Store, and of course there's Snap Raise, their fundraising platform. We use Snap Raise at my school with great success, and they've helped schools just like ours raise over seven hundred million dollars. They even have a program where you can get your funding before you actually start your fundraiser. I don't think anybody else offers that. Go to snapraise.com and get started today. That's snapraise.com. We also want to thank Huddle. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, and it was just great. But when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches just love the tools that Huddle provided to help our student-athletes, our teams, perform at the highest level. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 6 million users. Turn your school into a Huddle school. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. John and Susan, one of the things we try to do with the podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. So, uh, John, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to put you on the spot. What are some things that you do at your school that you're particularly proud of uh, that you would consider best practices for our listeners? Uh, anything come to mind? So one thing that we've started this year is um, sort of our three pillars, our community, character, and compete. And so like everything that we're trying to tie in is going to fall under those three pillars there. So, you know, like for instance, our outdoor track team this spring has taken that community piece and they're running with it. You know, they've helped a local company move their office. They've gone around and picked up, I think it was, they said it was over a hundred pounds of trash that they picked up around the school, which in that compete factors sort of helped some of the other teams when they're seeing this on our social media pages saying, Hey, what could we do? to, you know, put ourselves out there in a good light as well. And, you know, the compete piece just becomes natural. Um, but we know in athletics and in education, we're trying to build character in people that when they leave here and they're going off, we know once they go, if they go to college or if they go into the workforce, that former athletes are looked at in a different light as far as their work ethic goes, their leadership, being able to work with deadlines, being able to work with people that have a different backgrounds for them. And, you know, with that being said and all, the other thing that we've done here to help as far as including people is that I'm very proud that we were able to add three sports since I've been here. One is unified basketball. If your school doesn't have it, it's by far my favorite sport um, to be part of. And being able to embrace a section of our student population that normally doesn't get recognition. And Again, that ties into our community piece because the student body comes out for these games and roots these kids on tremendously. And you see these kids walking in the halls and they become rock stars um, on that piece there as well, too. And, you know, we are the furthest team up north that offers boys and girls lacrosse. So our closest opponent is an hour and a half to two hours away. So we do a lot of traveling, but... You know, it's a sport that's growing in this country and growing in the state of Maine. And we were one of the first ones in our area to have it. So, you know, as far as the best practice goes, everything falls under our three pillars of community, character, and compete and what we're looking to do. And that's our brand that we put inside of our athletic department here. 
Yeah, I, I love that when you have that, uh, you talk about unified sports, you know, that unified department, uh, very cool stuff. Thanks for sharing. We'll do this at the end of the podcast too, but John, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and pick your brain a little bit, find out more about your programs, what's the best way they can get a hold of you? They can uh, email me at John, J-O-N dot Solomon, S-O-L-O-M-O-N at rsu29.org. And my office number is 207-538-3858. Okay. Thanks for giving that out. Susan, you're up. Uh, what are some best practices uh, at your program, things that you're really proud of? So I will just, um, because I think this is, a, sometimes people think about um, that it's hard to get their CMAA. I'm going to just talk a little bit about my one of my pro my project because I think it is a really good practice. Um, so when I was doing my um, project, trying to think about what I would do, one of the requirements for me um, at a new job was to do an entry plan. And I found that really beneficial because basically what it involved was um, interviewing stakeholders in the community. Um, not only students, coaches, and teachers, but people in the community to see really what the community valued. Um, and that was just such a really tremendous experience for me because it really, uh, like I mentioned earlier, each town has their own personality. Uh, and I think to be successful in that town, you really have to know what the core values are. Um, and interviewing all those people really give you a good idea of what that looks like. Um, so I did that as a requirement by the superintendent in one school, but I did the same thing when I moved here to, to GAG, and it really makes that transition of schools um, or even your initial job uh, go much more smoothly. So I would just share that as um, as an idea and a best practice that I think works really well. Um, something I'm really proud of here at GAG, um, I've been doing a student leadership group uh, for many years, and over the last 25 years, it's morphed from uh, many different ways, right? So um, we obviously I teach the and wrote the student leadership course. Um, and there's a lot of great ideas in that course. But one thing that I have found, because a lot of times athletic directors are like, I want to do something, but I just don't have the time to do something um, that might take up more time than maybe I have. So um, one work, one way that I have made this work over the years is to um, have our students take the NFHS student leadership captains course. Um, for those of you that are aware of that course, it's a great course for kids, uh, preps them to be a captain or a leader on their team. Um, at the same time, um, it gives best practices for kids and and um, and really kind of does a deep dive into what you need to do to be a successful leader, uh, which all of our kids, frankly, need. So basically, the completion to, of that course is our kids' um, ticket into a workshop with me. So basically, what I do at that time is kind of G&G it, which um, is to say I share my um, expectations of what it means to be a leader in our school, uh, but it also gives me the opportunity to get to know kids on a, at a deeper level as well. So um, relationships are the name of our game. Um, so that's another way for me to build relationships with our student athletes. Um, and we also go cover some really unique scenarios that kids might run into. Uh, cause I think sometimes we talk about leadership with kids, but we don't actually show them what that looks like. Uh, so for me, ha having those scenarios and throwing those out at them, 
really um, challenges them to think outside the box and maybe challenge each other as peers, because again, that's something that our kids really struggle with standing up to their peers. Um, and, you know, it's funny because uh, last fall, I started a group and we had about, um, gosh, I think we had about 25 kids in the room and um, we started to go over the scenarios and and one girl raised her hand and she's like, Miss Robbins, uh, do you want us to tell you the truth or what we think you want to hear? And I said, you know what, that is a great question with regard to these scenarios. And what I'm going to tell you is, I want you to tell me the truth and then I'll tell you what a leader would do. So that has really been a great source of um, education and um, really getting to know the kids in our school, but also setting an expectation for what it means to be a captain uh, rather than having that be a popularity contest. But I'm also clear to say, you know, this makes you eligible to be a captain. This does not mean you will be a captain. <laughs> so um, that's a, something that's worked really well for me. And um, I know when I present this at the national conference, um, people have really found it to be helpful uh, in their school as well. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I think <clears throat> I think it's becoming um, better and better. But I, for years, uh, kids would, uh, you know, they'd be freshman, sophomore, junior, they become a senior and you go as a coach, you say, OK, you know, you're a captain now, you're a senior and just kind of expect that um, senior leadership to be there. And as you just articulated, leadership is a skill just like speed, strength, you know, shooting free throws, whatever uh, that needs to be developed and nurtured, uh, not just in our captains, but in, in everybody. So uh, great stuff uh, on uh, the leadership program. And talking about CMAAs, uh, for anyone listening, your CMA project should not be a daunting task. I guarantee that you're doing something at your school right now with your students, your coaches, your parents, your facilities. Um, you're doing something that would make a great CMA project. And I speak from a little bit of experience having been on the National Certification Committee for about nine years. So uh, if you have questions about that CMA project, you know, reach out to Susan, you know, reach out to me. And speaking of reaching out, Susan, if uh, one of our listeners wanted to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, absolutely. My email is srobbins, R-O-B-B-I-N-S at sad15.org. Uh, happy to chat with people or share any information. Um, and also my office number is 207-657-9310. And that brings you right into my um, inbox. Skips my um, admin assistant. <laughs> okay. Skips that filter. Yeah. Okay. Well, the filter is always good. That's another, uh, probably a toolbox tip is to make sure that you have some sort of filter for all the calls you get. Exactly. No, Exactly. For listeners, uh, we're visiting today with Susan Robbins and John Solomon, uh, ADs from the state of Maine. We're going to take another break, uh, but we're getting near the end. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to District 1 for their support. Go to district1.com for a better uniform experience. That's district followed by W-O-N. And you're going to feel like you've won because District 1 offers you fully custom uniforms along with 20 days or less on-time delivery. And get this, you can order one-at-a-time replacements. There's no need to ever order a full set when you only need to replace one or two. Stop dealing with late deliveries. 
and go to district1.com. Once again, that's W-O-N. Click the Team Gear button for your free quote. That's district1.com. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Check out their products and schedule a live web demo to see their score tables and their video displays in action. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made as an AD was our Sideline Interactive Indoor Score Table. It not only generates income for the department, but it also creates the ultimate game day experience for our student-athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Check out all their great products today. That's sidelineinteractive.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guests are Susan Robbins, a certified master athletic administrator, and John Solomon, a registered athletic administrator, both from the state of Maine. And they are both on the Maine Athletic Director Association, DEI, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee. Uh, Susan, um, I, I'm going to shut up now and let you guys talk, but share with our listeners a little bit about how um, you guys started this committee in Maine, and, and I guess the obvious, why is it so important? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity uh, to brag about Maine. Um, we actually just approved our very first um, diversity, equity, and inclusion coordinator positions, which uh, John and I uh, were determined to be the co-coordinators. It is a board position, uh, so we attend board meetings regularly, but the the sole purpose of the position, uh, which in my opinion, every state should have, um, is to provide professional development opportunities for our membership in our state with regard to diversity, equity, and inclusion um, topics. Um, and really, uh, John and I's first board meeting was a couple weeks ago, and uh, we're very excited to get started. Uh, basically, what our plans are is to survey the membership and really uh, do a deeper dive into what our members uh, want to learn about. So we're going to send out a survey next month uh, once things settle down for people um, and then uh, figure out the top two topics that they want to learn about and also um, make sure that we present on that topic in the fall. Um, also in our at our spring conference, uh, we plan to teach the new NIAAA course, the uh, 638. Um, and that actually is now a part of our main state certification requirement. So um, any athletic director who wants to be certified in Maine will need to teach to take that course. So um, John and I are very much looking forward to doing that. Um, as we know, the, the NIAAA has created a diversity, equity, and inclusion committee at the national level. So really Maine, as an extension of that, uh, really felt like it was an important position for us to have. Um, we put together a subcommittee uh, to create a job description and then uh, submitted it to the members to see who was interested. Um, obviously, I am uh, interested in that very much, uh, being um, a person in the LGBTQ community um, and uh, really feel like there are topics that we need to talk about uh, and do a deeper dive so we can support our students in the best way possible. No, absolutely. I appreciate you sharing. John, um... What's your take on where the committee is right now? Uh, I know you guys just got started, but you know where's it going to be going in the future? Well, in the future, as uh, Susan touched on some of the topics that we're going to talk about down the road, in the state of Maine, our 
population is changing. Uh, you know, we've got a term that we're using new Mainers of people that are moving into Maine that have different backgrounds that historically hasn't been here. So, and that includes people that look like myself. So, you know, we're looking at this as a way to help educate our peers that can branch out to educating their school systems on how to work with people that come from different backgrounds, how to communicate with those that maybe live a different lifestyle than you. Um, and at the end of the day, realizing that we're all here for the same reason. And by using DEI and being able to educate, you know, we're proud that we're one of the first in the nations to do it, number one. Um, typically, you don't hear that about the state of Maine being the first in a lot of things. So, you know, being able to get out ahead of the game is a big deal for us. But as I said, we're just looking to grow this thing that, you know, when people are walking inside of our school buildings and they're able to walk out and be able to be more productive citizens in the world as they go out and branch off and start their own families, uh, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now. Or um, I guess this question is for both of you, for athletic directors that are listening from other states, um, what, what was the process that y'all went through to get the actual committee named? And as you mentioned, Susan, having it be a board position, um, recommendations for listeners that want to do the same thing in their state. John, you want to take that one or do you want me? I'll let you tackle that one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, you know, as I, as I said before, the NIAAA, this was an important position um, at the national level. So in Maine, really, it started as, okay, this is a priority that we need to take uh, into account. Um, and at the board level, there was a discussion to create a subcommittee uh, that would come up with the job description and things of that sort. And then we uh, surveyed the membership on who might be interested in those positions. Uh, and then there was an application and interview process uh, where both of us went through. Um, and then the, in the end, they determined that they couldn't do without either of us. So that's why they're, we're a duo. Um, and I really think that was a great decision because John and I both have a lot to offer um, and certainly have different backgrounds in order to do that. But um the we have our our state association meetings, our business meeting at our state conference in April, and the membership approved the position unanimously. And then um, John and I were able to go to our first board meeting a few weeks ago. So we're just at the tip of the iceberg, but uh, we certainly plan to uh, write an article for the IAA so that um, we can uh, make sure that people have an organized process of and that we can share uh, for other school, other states uh, to to be able to start the same position. No, absolutely. And I appreciate you sharing, you know, the process and, you know, reiterating, you know, the importance uh, of this position. You know, John, I think you make a great point. And in, in Maine, I don't think is any different than any other state. The the demographics are changing. You know, uh, you know, Florida is Florida, but uh, they say a thousand people a day are moving to Florida. Uh, and it's it's not just the same person. It, it's people that are coming from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, um, you know, different, you know, everything different. And if we want our organizations to be truly representative of, you know, student athletes, of coaches, of ADs, you know, we need to, um, you know, do a better job, <laughs> talking about Florida, of uh, um, uh, embracing and promoting you know, DEI. Good stuff. 
Okay. Um, this has been really cool. Uh, we might have to do more of these, uh, you know, two for one interviews, uh, but we're not done yet. Okay? Uh, we always wrap up with the athletic director toolbox segment. So we're going to take our final break here from athletic surveys who sponsor the toolbox segment. When we come back, I'm going to challenge each of you to send out a brand new athletic director on the very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three tools in their toolbox. So uh, let's go and take that final break. And then we're going to come back and find out what Susan Robbins and John Solomon are going to put into their new athletic director toolbox. Please stay with us. We want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys for sponsoring the AD Toolbox segment. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program. Athletic directors typically only hear from the complainers, the 2% that want to gripe about everything. And Athletic Surveys is not only going to connect you with that 2%, they're also going to connect you with the 98% that love and support your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with that frustrated parent or your principal or your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to create a custom survey that allows you to take the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. Go to athleticsurveys.com. Get started today. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Well, it's the time of the podcast. We've been visiting today with Susan Robbins and John Solomon, both athletic directors from Maine, members of their uh, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee. But right now, I'm going to challenge each of them to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let them put three items in their toolbox. John, we're going to start with you. What three things are going to go into your new athletic director toolbox? Number one, don't be afraid to ask your peers for help. You know, um, take advantage of their expertise, take advantage of their years of experience, or even if it's a new AD with some fresh ideas. Um, because as a collectively, as a group, you're pretty much going to be able to cover everything that you come up with. And by doing that and going, especially going to your state conference, that's when you get to realize how much help that you have out there. Because there are some nights that it seems like it's a, lonely life that you're living and nobody in your district or even in your town understands everything that you go through. Uh, number two, building relationships, not only with your coaches, but with teachers, administrators, custodians in the building. Um, if you can find ways to build relationship with all those people that you come in contact every day, not only for you as the athletic director, but for your athletic department as well too. Um, I found it's something as very simple as the guy that I have that lines my feels. I give him a sweatshirt and a hat, and he's happier than anything else. And anything that I need him to do, he's willing to do it for me because he knows that I can. We're building a relationship and checking in to see what's going on with him on a daily basis where some other people in the building might not do that. And lastly, I firmly believe as a leader, you have to have a servant heart. So you are a servant before you really are a leader. And so if your coaches or your athletes know that you're there to serve them, they're more likely to follow your lead when you're asking them to do difficult things because they know that you have their back. So recapping, you know, ask for help if you need it, rely on your peers, 
you know, build relationships around everybody that comes in contact with your athletic program and be a servant. Those are my three tips. And those are uh, all great, uh, great tips. You know, I, I love the uh, the part about asking questions, building your network, and, and of course, you know, uh, building relationships with everybody. And I love how you talked about doing it with teachers too. Okay. All right, Susan, your turn. Uh, what's going to go into Susan Robbins, uh, athletic director toolbox? Well, that's a tough act to follow because those are great suggestions. Um, but my number one is uh, take care of yourself and your family. Never forget that. And also use them as a part of your work. And what I mean by that is um, lots of times people, if you're, you know, if you're at a game, um, you're there most of the time, right? But if you're not, um, I always like to say at our preseason meeting, if I'm not here supporting your kids, I'm probably supporting my own because I have three teenagers right now. Um, I have a daughter that's graduating from high school in a few short weeks, which is a little stressful, but a good thing. Uh, and then I have twin boys that are freshmen. So I always try to put a picture of them at the end of my presentations, just because then parents have the idea that it, first of all, it humanizes you, but also lets them know that you're a parent too, uh, which is very helpful. And we also don't allow dogs on our property. So I use my dog Birdie in a slide as well to say, hey, as much as I love dogs, we have a school policy that prevents them from being on campus. So please keep your dog at home. So just little things like that. I think, you know, it may sound silly, but it does humanize you to people because sometimes people are like, you know, we always get called the AD. And, you know, I try to make sure that people are, you know, Susan Robbins, the athletic director, because it's easy to blame the AD. But if you put a personal face on it, I think it makes a little bit of a difference in, and also creating relationships with people. So, so that's my number one. Um, my number two is always make sure that students are at the core of your decision making, because as we all know, some days you go home and you're like, oh, yeah, I, I had an awesome day. And then there are some days when you feel like you literally are sliding out from under the door. But at the end of the day, if you can always say to yourself, the decisions that I'm making is in the best interest of kids, regardless of what other people think, uh, it's going to make sure that you have less sleepless nights. Um, I used to have a lot of sleepless nights when I was younger, uh, but I don't have too many more many at this time because I know that what I do every day when I step through the building is do what's best for kids. So um, that is my number two. And my number three is kind of more like a nitty gritty type thing. Uh, but if you're involved in like state association committees and things like that, early on, I wanted to do what I was most comfortable with meaning be on the field hockey committee or be on the uh, softball committee because I knew a lot and I had a lot to add. But over the years, I determined that it's probably best for you to first, um, as I've said before, know what your community values and be on those committees so that you can affect change on the programs that uh, immediately impact your school. Um, and also feel free to put yourself out there um, and challenge yourself like I was on the football committee here in Maine at one point in time when we were um, switching to eight man here in Maine. So, you know, challenge yourself. Um, don't stay in your box of comfort of doing what you know and branch out, be an advocate for your school, but also um, get involved at the state level and go to a national conference if you can, because it's an incredible networking 
Um, in athletic administration, we don't call it stealing ideas, we call that networking. And there's not one best idea. Uh, and for me, the, pre the best professional development is just talking with other people and learning from them. Uh, wow. Um, so you got uh, wrestling and football uh, in, in your toolbox there. So uh, <laughs> that's right. Very, very, very impressive. Uh, and again, you, you, you're absolutely right. There's no, uh, you know, best tool uh, in our three years of collecting uh, tool suggestions. We've had over 3000 tools suggested, not different tools, but total suggestions. And uh, yours are going to go into uh, the third edition of the book. So both of you, thanks again for sharing. One more time, let's do the contact information. Susan, we're with you, so let's do you. What's the best way one of our listeners can reach out? Listeners, I think you got a great resource here. So uh, my email is srobbins, R-O-B-B-I-N-S, at sad15.org. And my office number is 207-657-9310. And always happy to speak to another athletic director, and that is my direct line. And John, your contact information one more time. Yes, John Solomon, J-O-N dot S-O-L-O-M-O-N at rsu29.org. My office number is 207-538-3858. And I look forward to talking with anybody who has questions. And if I don't have the answers, I'll make sure I'll go and find it for you. Well, John and Susan, thanks again for uh, coming on the podcast today and all the best uh, as we uh, get ready to jump into the summer months. Awesome. Thanks for the opportunity, Jake. We really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. It's been a blast. Absolutely. For listeners, um, we appreciate you listening. And we do this just about every day. And we upload the Zoom recordings to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. Come back next time uh, for more great interviews. And as I said, just about every day for new content on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time.